Check, 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 check. Check, 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 one, two. Ooh. Hey, everybody. Um, normally, we would be in a studio, but we're virtual now. <laughs> so, yeah, this is what we're doing. I didn't Nas in a car, though. Yeah, Nas in a car. I don't, I don't know whether he's evading police or evading his, <laughs> his family. I, I, it's up in the air considering the attire, but we are here. Before we get started, as always, thank you guys for joining. Be sure to subscribe, hit the noty notification, noty notification button, and be notified for our latest greatest episodes. I am one of the hosts, Brandon and Killer B.H. Hall. I'm Aaron Ashley Simon, the bandana bandit today, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Big Nazilla here from the Freak Mobile. What's going on? <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm Wilson. <laughs> And, and our have a, special guest. I'm yes, Juwan. we have a very, 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 very special guest. Now, normally, Juwan, you're going to introduce yourself, but I would like we would like to talk you up considering it's virtual. And we can't really do that. So, uh, <laughs> again, our guest today is Juwan Jackson. Um, we're going to let him go ahead and introduce himself, why he's here, what we're talking about, and then we're just going to have fun. Like we don't have an agenda. This is the Rona and chill. Yeah. What's up, y'all? Uh, I'm Juwan Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm currently unemployed, uh, but before that, um, I was on, uh, on Broadway's Ain't Too Proud, Life and Times of the Temptations, playing one of the Temptations. Um, and I'm just here to talk about stay at home at work. So let's say in, in, our, in our virtual pre-production, me and Juwan were talking, and I was saying we were, you know, just checking in on each other and just saying, you know, how, how's everything going? And how are you holding up? And I said, man, I'm a, I'm a homebody that, uh, you know, likes to keep busy. So it's, it's a struggle for me. And to my surprise, uh, Jawan said, oh, no, I'm happy as hell. <laughs> I'm good. Like, I'm, this, this is the best thing that happened to me. So first, um, I want to talk about why. And then um, I, I do want to talk about, you know, like the impacts of Broadway. I want to talk about like how this has affected you and, and, and your career and, and, and how you are shifting. So I guess let's start there. Um, and then uh, the other thing, oh, the other thing I wanted to talk about too is how you even got into uh, just acting in Broadway and stuff. Because again, that's, that's a very, very difficult avenue to go down and making it and being on uh, some of the things that you've been a part of between the temptations between uh, I think well I can't think of the first play that I actually saw you and it was really Motown. really really Motown the Motown one yeah. Uh, um, so yeah let's let's talk through that let's let's start from there and just we can kick it about everything yeah okay so I'll start backwards uh, I moved out here to New York about eight years ago now um, I just you know before that I was teaching theater to uh, middle schoolers and high schoolers and you know I kind of you know that was kind of like my trajectory of things um, music has always been like the through line of that you know um, my grandfather's a pastor and so I grew up in the church family you know religious and so like from there my dream was to be on Broadway so I like you know randomly auditioned at an open call in Detroit you know thinking that it was like you know, one of those like Chitlin Circuit plays that was going to travel around. <laughs> 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 like, I was like, Mama, I want to sing or so, you know, like, you know, whatever. And like, 
then, you know, from like three, four auditions later, like I found out that I booked the gig and, you know, it was actually moving me to New York and then it was actually a Broadway show. That And the whole time I was auditioning, I didn't know it was a Broadway show I was auditioning for. And so what's crazy is that I, at the time I was doing this, this show called The Wiz of Motown. So audition for Motown, the musical, I thought it was like one and the same, like, okay, another musical about, you know, Motown music, not knowing that it was actually a Broadway show. And so that was kind of like my introduction to the New York scene and theater acting. Um, mm -hmm. And then from there, my show closed and then it was kind of like, okay, what do I do now? And so like, trying to figure out the grind and the hustle of New York because mm -hmm. I was about years in at this point, I was like, damn, like, am I going to go home? Am I going to stay here? Um, and so just trying to figure that out. Um, and then I started doing, I did a TV show, The Get Down. Um, I mm -hmm. did an episode of that. And from there, I was like singing background behind folks and different artists. Um, Amine, I sang background for um, and did some stuff and like, just like working. And then eventually, audition for Ain't Too Proud now. Um, and I couldn't even get an audition for it, you know, at the time, bro. Like, uh, it's crazy, you know, because I, I didn't have an agent. I was doing everything on my own up until that point. Yeah, um, yeah. And then I finally got an agent and through a couple of my castmates, they, you know, whispered in the casting agent's ear. It was like, yo, y'all need him. He's the guy y'all need for this part. And, um, you know, got in there and I auditioned one time and they had one call back and then the rest, I've been on it for the it'd be two years now. I've been with this show. Um, so far. So, so far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so cool. Um, I, I have a quick question, right? Because uh, the, the, when it comes to entertainment, there's, there's the financial struggles that can come with it, especially when you start out. And it's interesting because some of those financial struggles that uh, those of us who are in this scene started out with during the virus right now, we're kind of all going back to those same financial struggles again. Um, so what were some of the things that you've gone through when you first started and try to get onto Broadway? And then what are some of those similar challenges that you're still facing now that you're having to overcome financially? You know, I think this, that's a great question because had this been 2015 and that happened then, I would have probably, I would have been back home for sure. You know what I'm saying? Because um, up until that point, like my financial like saving, you know, learning to invest and do things was non-existent. And so I think history, you know, taught me to like now that I'm in a different position, because my first Broadway show, I blew all my money. I was going out, I was partying, I was drinking, I was balling. Kind of you know what I'm saying? It was like, like the most money I was making. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yo, I'm making it now, yo. And so I was like, it was coming in every week because I was I was getting paid weekly, you know, and so I was just blowing my so by the time the show ended, I had, you know, a few dollars that I had saved um, in the, in my bank account, thankfully to my grandfather, because he had, before I moved out here, he was like, you're not going out there without a plan. I want you to save this amount of money before you even move out there. So if you don't have a job, you can sustain yourself at least a few more months to buy you some time. And so mm -hmm. from that kind of, um, you know, template, I prepare myself like then. So now moving, to 2020, you know, now that it is hit, I'm prepared and I'm ready. And so I'm not panicking because I've been preparing for rainy days for four years, you know what I'm saying? So now yeah. I have this cushion 
to um, to be able to sleep well at night, to know that my rent's gonna be paid, to know that you know the things that I'm gonna need, I have, and I and I'm gonna make it, you know, with the uh, the goal of us starting back within two months, three months um, mm-hmm. from now. So, you know, it's just like financial planning. I think that's very important. That's why I stress to like you know Broadway performers and like actors in general who you know their main income is getting gigs. You know, because mm-hmm. now that they're stopping, this is our main source of, you know, how we, you know, make our money. Um, it's important to save, save, save. And, um, yeah. you know, getting up to that financial freedom that you're looking for. And so if you're preparing always, you won't ever have to be in that struggle and that hustle mentality once, you know, you're in the off season. And thankfully, yeah. you know, our union, because we didn't know if we were going to get paid during this time. And like our union rallied together and was like, actually, this is how much we want y'all to pay. So I got paid. I'm getting paid during this time, you know, and oh, that's man. a blessing. You, you, know? Yo, you are blessed. <laughs> I a lot of people that are not. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and I recognize that. And so that's why I also during this time, like I made sure like, because I'm, you know, being a, I, I was blessed and fortunate to, you know, get paid. Like I'm helping other folks. So I started like randomly cash apping folks, you know, on like, so I'm here or like how you doing like just trying to like mm-hmm. help as much as I can because I know that you know my story isn't somebody else's story and so I wanted to make sure that I'm still like giving and um put you know paying it forward mm-hmm. now I see I'm even that I would have I didn't think that for because I look at you like in like an entrepreneur of sorts I didn't think that Broadway would have some sort of structure set up to where you guys would still get paid because I, I look at it like from a musical perspective right like or even from a content perspective like you're going out you're you're, you're uh, doing gigs and you're doing dates but you know how that is that's either you're getting paid beforehand or in the back end or everything's up front however that's negotiated so now, is that a common thing that happens in on Broadway, I guess, with shows where you, there's a union that's set up that kind of protects you guys for things like this? Or is this one of those uh, times where because of the because this is like an ab- abnormal situation, they're making, con- you know, considerations towards you guys? Yeah, so it's, it's definitely uh, one of those special times because, like, uh, honestly, before we, we were hearing about, like, our show just being canceled and like you know a couple of my castmates went to the producers and was like hey you know in the event that we get canceled you know are we going to get paid are you guys going to set something up for us to do something and their response was well in y'all contract there's an act of god clause where we don't have to pay y'all you know <laughs> so they act of god <laughs> where you know they don't have to pay us you know and so because it was a whole situation of, you know, all the Broadway shows getting shut down, our union stepped in and was like, actually, guys, no. Because what was happening happening is, like, even though the show was getting shut down, insurance now kicks in for the shows, so they still get paid, and they get their money back. And then they were going to let us go and be like, you know, well, we're going to give you a, a half a week's check for the, the four shows y'all work this week, but we ain't giving mm-hmm. y'all no more than that. So our union kind of, like, rallied in for us and, like, you know, really was like, act no, you know, y'all got to give them some type of compensation because this is all of a sudden. And yes, that act of God clause is in that y'all, their contract, you still, we still need y'all to pay them. And so mm. it was one of those situations. And then another thing is, like you said, it's an entrepreneur thing. Yes. Um, and I'm going to like share this with y'all because it was like funny how this works. So structurally, um, if you're on Broadway, depending on what 
you know, there's ensemble, there's principal or whatever. And so I'm at the principal level. So I'm getting principal money and that's a lot of money that's coming in. And so last year I didn't do what I was supposed to do um, for myself uh, as far as like business wise taxes. And so mm-hmm. this year I set up a corporation, you know, to get all my money at one time mm-hmm. and then, you know, pay the taxes on the back end. Now, what that does is if I'm, a, I'm self-employed, technically, um, once the job ends or once things happen, I'm ineligible un- for unemployment, right? Mm. And so the idea is if you're getting all your money, you're saving money for to pay yourself for unemployment. And so I was set up because I was like, this contract, I'm making more money, so let me get mm-hmm. my coins. And so <laughs> I set up everything, and I set up my corporation, and the IRS was like, was holding, like, playing me on my EIN number, and that's the number I need to incorporate myself to send to the company management. So I was waiting and waiting, and it never came, and I was upset, like, dang, like, I, I'm wasting, you know, I'm still getting taxes off my check, and then this happened, and I was like, oh, God, I see you, because had mm. I did that... I wouldn't have been able to apply for unemployment. And so I would have been yeah. stuck, you know, without getting any money, you know, while I'm on this time. And so like, God kind of works like crazy. Cause now I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm getting unemployment as, you know, if I was incorporating, I wouldn't have been getting anything. And so that kind of like was a good pause and I didn't see it as a blessing in the skies at that time. So that's how I'm able to, you know, you're also able to get, you know, money while you're not working in between shows. So artists would typically, instead of making a corporation, yeah, you get more money on the front end, um, but you don't get anything after your show closes. And yeah. so you kind of have to maintain and, you know, learn to save your money and to do things. And so it's, it's a toss up. So some, it works for some and it works for, you know, it doesn't work for, you know, other folks. So, oh, oh go, go, go ahead, Wilson. Do you, do you think that Broadway is going to see like a big boost in sales? Like once this is all over, cause I feel like people, I feel like people are going to be running to be around other people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and crowds and everything. Bars. Absolutely. Listen, yeah. that's, you know, Broadway in New York, I'm learning this the heartbeat because it brings so much money, you know, so much revenue. And that's the first thing that people want to come to. So all these shows that were on hiatus, you know, they're going to, you know, see spikes, you know, in, in audience and tennis and, and like, What's crazy is right before we closed and shut our doors, like our audiences were packed. Like the houses were jam packed still because people, you know, love those that music and you know, and they were coming in droves. Now, I think that when when it when it comes back open, that it's gonna be a slow climb only because you know, we're just coming out of this coronavirus scares and people mm-hmm. still kind of might be hesitant to be like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be one of them. I'm going to give it like a two, I'm going to give it two weeks. I just put yeah, so like, I'm, 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 I'm anticipating about like a month, like, like a month or so, you know, before. But like, the unfortunate <laughs> reality is that some of these shows may not come back. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and that's another thing because they don't have the capital in the, the thing behind them to bring shows back. So I know there's a lot of, there's a couple of shows that I know of right now that, you know, they closed before, like while, while we we're doing this time and like they're announcing like they're pushing shows back and there's, you know, so it's a lot of people that's coming, not coming to jobs and unemployed. Yeah. So with that though, the one thing I've noticed is that because everyone has so much time and they have some people just, you know, don't have jobs right now. So there's a lot of actually opportunities for creating content. And we're seeing a lot of people utilizing IG Live and other platforms. 
Um, has anyone on Broadway used IG Live or Zoom or any other platforms to put on some kind of theatrical content? Um, or is that fired. something that you've been, you guys have been talking with each other about? Yeah, so they're doing like this thing, I think it's uh, tomorrow actually called the 24 hour plays or 24 hour readings, where, you know, it usually is um, a day of like monologues, performances, uh, just uh, creative things, you know, and you bring in all these Broadway stars and like TV stars, movie stars together to create content. So, you know, usually it'll be held at the theater, but now they're going, they're using Zoom, they're using the Instagram lives, you know, and so we're finding, you know, and I was telling Brandon, I was like, I found out like, even though this time I'm not working, I'm still making money from like things because I'm getting things like that. Like, and people are like, hey, we want you to, you know, take over our Instagram, you know, we'll pay you this, or would you do this? We'll sponsor you to, you know, to do this on your Instagram. And so I'm still creating revenue for myself and we're still seeing that those things are happening on top of, you know, our agents are still working for us. And so I've had like six, seven, um, self tapes auditions that I had to, you know, I'm still working and I'm still trying to get jobs for, you know, we're looking forward to like May, June, July now versus, you know, April, March, because those that mm -hmm. we can just consider that month done, you know? And, mm -hmm. and so we're, they're looking forward because like, just like uh, these things, you know, has stopped kind of the world. It's also stopped like future things. I was supposed to go to South Africa to teach for a month. That is now canceled. So that's not money that has oh, left. Wow. And I'm like, got to fill in June, July <laughs> to, you know, yeah. to get the money that I lost. And so we're looking, you know, to do things and um, we're working. And then like people are doing like, you know, um, videos. They're, they're, they're interviewing people and they're talking and they're trying to create content and like, you know, social media presence because we're also trying to stay present during this time. So you won't fade mm -hmm. in the background, you know, and I'm trying to keep that momentum that I built and I've been building for two years, you know, mm -hmm. strong because this time can like make or break you. And so I've been using this opportunity for, you know, just to keep it going. Yeah. Now, do you think Broadway is going to have to adjust now? Like seeing like people like you and just uh, maybe even some of, of your uh, castmates and stuff like that on different shows and acts like, right? A lot of people like you and me, we're all doing content digitally and still being able to thrive. Do you think that Broadway, I, I guess as a whole maybe, or, or like that type of organization, do you think that they're going to start to shift more digitally versus doing the, the, the traditional showmanship? No? Absolutely not. <laughs> why, why though? Because, you know, before, like we're doing eight shows a week, you know, and they're that's the 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 bread and butter like they're, they're making their money so having it you know they're trying to capitalize as much as they can at the end of the day i always tell people like if you don't take care of yourself first once you're going you're replaceable like you mm -hmm. can you know we have us broadway you know the just actors and like you know creators in general we have this mentality like we have to go hard 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 and you're breaking down your body and you're doing things for the love of the art and for it and the reality is once you break your leg or something, I don't care how hard you're going, they're going to replace mm -hmm. you the next minute because it's a machine. And so that's what I'm, yeah. I'm learning is that Broadway is a machine and you have to take care of yourself and they're not going to stop for anything. And the only reason mm -hmm. that they stopped <laughs> it's, it's, because it's, it's the world said, <laughs> and Governor Cuomo was like, no, absolutely mm -hmm. not. But honestly, they was going to keep going. Like they had implemented 
you know, a no guest policy. We could we couldn't take pictures, we couldn't shake hands, we couldn't go out the stage door afterwards. Like we was literally doing the show and going home and there was no interaction with like the crowd and the people and they were trying to protect us and they were doing that as long as they could and you know and they were going to call us in to do this show you know saying like rain you know or snow like come on in and, and do yeah y'all working paying y'all good money you know so come make you know you cashing them checks i need you to come on stage exactly exactly now, uh you being from detroit how excited were you to play the, one of the Temptations? And which Temptation are you playing? I play Melvin Franklin, and like that's like the pinnacle of I think of when it comes to like bass singers because I'm a I'm a baritone bass. Like I think he's the top and the cream of the crop under Michael McCreary from Boys to Men. I feel like or Barry White, mm-hmm. you know, because of Barry White. I was gonna say Barry White. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those are the three people that you kind of like that bass singers like look up to, you know what I'm saying? And so to be able to play this iconic guy, you know, of this iconic group, it's just been a privilege, you know, and I don't take it lightly. And to represent my city doing it, you know, yeah. it's the ultimate like, you know, like good to do it on an international level and national level. Like you can I couldn't ask for a better position to be doing it, to be in and to be doing it with. Well, uh, Melvin, if I'm not mistaken, Melvin was close friends with Otis, right? How close are you with the actor that portrays Otis? Oh, man. Like, literally best friends now, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> during this, this, like, quarantine, like, I've seen, I only see four people. I see uh, Derek Bassett, who played Otis. I see, you know, and then three other my friends. Uh, one of the guys that plays uh, David Ruffin, Ephraim Sykes, um, mm-hmm. who's actually about to be Michael Jackson um, in a new MJ musical. <laughs> And so, like, you know, I, we're, like, best friends through and through because this time we spent two years together and, like, we created a, a bond on and off stage to, you know, show audiences, you know, how close. Because I feel like in art, you know, art imitates life. And so I feel like you know, just being, you know, the closer that we can get with one another, the more realistic that it can, comes off. And Otis Williams, The Last Survivor Temptation, like, I talk, I call him and FaceTime him randomly. I called him two days ago. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, what up, Uncle O? That's what we call him. And like, he's become like the biggest asset, you know, in this whole process. Because what better way to figure out how, you know, what happened than asking the man that went through it himself? Or was there any advice that he gave you throughout the entire process? Because, like, you know, when you are depicting an iconic group like the Temptations, right, whose music inspired so many people, was so instrumental in just the history of how the music industry and how groups are. are. Um, has he given you any advice in terms of just your specific role or letting you know like you're doing, you're gonna do a great job, like don't worry about it or anything like that? Yeah, I think the first thing that uh, before he can, cause you know, they from Detroit, Detroit is, I feel like is our funny act and they gotta, you gotta show yourself approved before you get <laughs> anything. <laughs> and so like the first thing he was like, well, do you have the voice? And so once he saw that, he was like, okay, you know but like his whole thing is you know nobody's above the group you know mm-hmm. and to make sure that this process because it's going to go get crazy and people are going to try to naturally you know pull you forward or like single you out just make sure that you guys are always close together and the communication always is always open and always to keep God first in anything you, you ever do and that's what he always always said <clears throat> so 
pick, you know, taking that mentality and that, that kind of that concept, like right before we always went out to perform or whatever we did, we always made sure we checked in, we would, you know, do a group circle and like really champion each other. And if like, you know, just because we're human, like everybody has their days. And so we made sure that we always held each other up. We made sure whatever that we were going through personally, you know, that it didn't affect the group dynamic and that we always made sure that we were close in the communication. So when people or like producers or creative, the creatives would try to like, you know, say something in our ear, like, you know, push us out, you know, we can see people getting pushed to the forward, the, the front, you know, uh, a little bit more than others. Like we always made sure that we were always on one accord, you know, in everything we did. And that's what kind of like kept us sane during this process because I got to do things that I've never thought I, you know, would have been able to do. You know, I went to the Met Gala, like, you know, we got nominated for a Grammy. We went to the Tony. I was about to say, hold on, you got nominated for a Grammy. That That's major in itself. I, I wanted to talk about that piece and not to cut you off, but how, I think it's interesting that a lot of people may not know, well, they, they'll know this now, you know, from at least our audience, for, for those that may not know you, but you actually do really, really sing, like, you know what I'm saying? How crazy is it that you inadvertently kind of sat back or took a, a, a different route to go into singing uh, in an untraditional way in Broadway and getting a Grammy when most artists you probably know that have maybe had greater success than you and I or anyone here has will probably never even see the light of the day for Grammy. Can't even spell Grammy. How does that make you feel? It's, it's, man, like having a Grammy was, the, I mean, or a nomination. Nomination. It's a, it, that's the same to me, if like, you ask me. The, I got the, I'm waiting on my plaque to come in. They gave me this little medallion, you mm. know, and it's, it is huge um, for it and like the certificates and like everything. And it's just, but it's just the honor in itself because you know, when you think of singing, when you think of, you know, artistry, you know, the, the top of your game is always that Grammy nomination or getting mm -hmm. to the Grammys. That's, I feel like some artists, like, it's the road to it. And so just having that, it was a blessing, dude. Like, mm -hmm. I, I didn't see it even coming. You know, I just was like, I want the work to show for itself. As long as the work is good, I'm not worried about anything else. Mm -hmm. And so I always focus on the work, you know, and I think that that is the goal aside from any nomination, any any accolade you can get, as long as the work is good, people, that's automatically gonna come. And I just, well, I take that back. It doesn't automatically come, because we don't any artists. I was about to say, we, we, I was gonna say, hold <laughs> that on. That should have got it, and has yeah. not, you know? Yeah. But I yeah. think that, um, you know, that was like, for me, um, just focusing on the work. Yeah. And, the work and it coming, and like, our show is, is good, it was good. Um, I feel like he got cheated and robbed, you know, but um, <laughs> that's I, I, I honestly oh, yeah, um, yeah, your stuff, man. Yo, <laughs> yo, are, yo, are there any bad Broadway shows though? I've only been to one. It was the Adams Family and that shit was lit. Uh -huh. <laughs> I would have thought that would have been a bad one. Yo, the singers were incredible. I was tuned in. Well, yeah. I feel like make for, it for critic Broadway. standards, I feel like for critic standards, you know, there are, they can be good or bad Broadway shows, but like you politically speaking, because you're like, my friends are working. Like, I think that, you know, some things could be better, 
Um, but Juwan, I'll say it because you have a career. Of course, there are going to be shows that are bad and good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some can, of, you name, some can you name a couple bad Broadway shows? No, we're not. We're not. We're not <laughs> why? We're, why? Why? Don't we on spot like that, yo? Yeah, <laughs> no, he's not. He's not naming anything that's gonna that's gonna freaking uh, prevent him from getting work after we survive the apocalypse. <laughs> no, I'm trying to kind of kind of be in this. Yeah, what's, wrong, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> you got Broadway beef. Yeah, he's trying to start Broadway beef. Try he's got to be a bad one. Broadway. What does Broadway <laughs> beef look like? Do y'all is is Broadway beef like making the bands where they do like that sing off, or you guys go side to side and you just sing off? Uh, you really the audition rooms. Here, you 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 know Broadway beef is you go to talking shit. And then you can't get an audition or you can't get Damn, what did I do? He was like, oh, was talking school. shit. And they got mm -hmm. your ass. And somebody that was working in another show was like, mm -hmm. got I, heard, I heard him say something. Yep. So, no, you're not going to see him. Mm -hmm. No, you know what I'm saying? So they, they do stuff like that. Like being blackballed is real. And I know a few people that has gotten blackballed from like who were in my old show. And then once the show closed, they thought like, oh, I was free and clear. And now they can't get in these casting offices and they mm -hmm. can't work with these creative teams because somebody them like, no, we're not working with them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that thing is real, yo. Like, mm -hmm. I, I didn't know it before. I've seen it with my own two eyes. No, I've, I've seen it in, with my own two eyes. I've lived through yep. it musically. So yeah, it's real. So yeah, we're not naming any shows. <laughs> Some dudes out there like Eddie Kane. Like, <laughs> like just look. Yeah. We're gonna have an off the record conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're. But what I will yep. say, uh, Jawan, being around a lot of um, just Broadway folk with, between you and Brian and, and Ty, y'all, I feel like you guys all move like a family of sorts. Like, you guys, I noticed that you guys always support each other and show up to each other's uh, shows. You guys always go and, and, and show face and just and comment and stuff like that. Is that something that you would say is ingrained in the Broadway, uh, I guess, structure of like how? You know, it's kind of like, you know, watching each other's back or it's just that camaraderie you kind of built up over the years with, with some of your peers. Yeah, so what's what's interesting is that, like, you know, I feel like, you know, I compare, like, Broadway to, like, a college dorm. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like, you know everybody in the dorm room. Y'all always hanging out, always seeing each other. So it's a little community. And so, you know, you're always working together. I'm, I'm seeing people, you know, like, people at auditions over and over and over again. And so you kind of develop a relationship through that and y'all are always around each other. And so like, mm -hmm. you know, then you go to events or like, you know, uh, uh, professional events or like social events. And so you run into the same people. And so mm -hmm. it becomes like a community. And then you you get cool. With, I know, you know, I met you through Ty, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying, which is our connection. And then Ty met, you know, my friend through somebody else. And so yeah. you're always connecting and networking. It's always moving. Yeah. Each other, you know, and so, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, also creating a, a, a circle in New York. And I think anywhere you go is important because you have those people that really ground you and really hold you accountable, um, you know, to move forward so that you won't, continue to smell your shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and think that it's, you know, you better than anybody. And so you have those circles and Ty's one of those people that, you know, really hold me accountable. Like, hey, hey motherfucker, like you foul or you need to be doing, you know, you need not do this or, you know, actually, you know, you are, you know, they're championing you too as well. So you hold mm -hmm. them accountable and champion. Yeah. So I want to jump in real quick. I want to kind of, pick your brain. I know, and, and 
correct me if I'm wrong, Broadway to me seems to be legitimate thespians, right? Like you guys are actors because you have to kind of convince the audience that you're not watching the play. You, they, you want them in tune. Yeah. Do you think there are any Hollywood actors that won't even dare step foot on that stage because they know their acting chops are not up to par? Oh, absolutely. Like there is, you know, the difference between acting on stage and acting on film is night and day, you know, because with on, on, on camera, on film stuff, you got multiple takes to get it right. And you don't have to memorize your lines. You just look at it right before you say action and then you just spit it back, you know, short term memory. And like an example of that is uh, Forrest Whitaker, right? And mm -hmm. now, you know, Forrest, we didn't see, he's a, you know, this movie legend, he's been done mm -hmm. everything, you know, and I remember he was doing a show on Broadway and, you know, he didn't understand the muscle. So his opening night or first preview, he didn't have all the lines memorized. And so like, he had to go off stage and then like, they would spit it to him and then he'd come back on stage. And so like, he, you know, it kind of like, it'll get you together, you yeah. know, real quick. especially if you take it in for granted. And I think that's, um, one thing I feel like prepares me for the film or television and film is theater because it's live, it's one take, you gotta get it right, you gotta make sure that you're hitting it because it's only one time and that's the performance and uh, uh, that people are gonna remember. And so yeah. you kind of take have to take it seriously in order to um, be taken serious because that can be your next job, you know what I'm saying? I feel like me performing every night, I'm always auditioning for people who haven't seen me before or you know, potential producers or directors or you know, people that give me, send me recommendations for other things. And so I think that you got to take it seriously because if you don't, you know, it'll be a first and last show because like I said, people talk, you know, and so those bad shows that we talk about, those, those are also <laughs> bad actors or bad people that, you know, people like, oh, they were garbage when I saw them. So, 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 Forrest, <laughs> so, so Forrest Whitaker, he just came in a little bit too, too laid back about it? I think that, yeah, it was, it was too laid back, but it, it got it, it corrected him real quick. I was he, gonna say, you um, can see I, the correction. Yeah, he, yes. he was like, let me actually get this together. And like, eventually he got it, you know, but like in the beginning he was just like, oh, I'm, just, I'm not gonna learn these lines. I don't need to. <laughs> Crazy. So has there ever been a, has there ever been a time where, uh, I mean, you don't specifically have to, to, I guess, say what happened, but has there ever been a time where something was, uh, someone made a mistake or you made a mistake while the show is live and you quickly corrected it and no one knows that you made a mistake? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Often. Here, that's, the, that's the thing. There's so many times where, you know, I'll, we'll get on stage and we're human. Like, I'll enter that white room and be gone and I don't know any line and I got to make it up and, and, like, as long as I end up on my lead-in line for the next person, that's all that matters is that lead-in line. But, you know, there have been times where I've gotten on stage and I it comes up for my line and I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm about to say. Do they make you guys take, like, uh, on my fault, do they make you guys take, like, improv classes or, like, anything to prepare for those type of moments? Um, actually, no, they don't. I mean, They just hope that you just catch it. They just, they, they pray that you've done the work and that you, you know, uh, you know, came and have the, the knowledge to know what you're doing when they hire you. And so that's, a, mm -hmm. that's another thing of like, 
making sure as an entertainer, as a creative, that you're always learning, that you're always taking classes, brush up classes, uh, voice, voice lessons, you know, and I'm still in all of those because I don't want to ever be able to not learn anything new, you know, and I think that being an actor is always being open to, to learn new things um, and to take on new tasks to get better because I don't want to just be where I am now. I want into probably to catapult me into the next thing. And in order to do that, I have to continue to study and I have to continue to take, you know, these classes and know what I'm supposed to be doing. And so I think that is always a requirement, but it's mm -hmm. not forced upon through the powers that be because they hire you thinking that you already have those tools. Yes, it's yeah. literally like a job. I, I attribute it to being like a job the same way you go and apply for the, the nine to five. You, you're, there's qualifications, there's, there's prerequisites, there's requirements, and you either meet them or you don't. Um, was there ever, ever a time where you felt like you met the requirements or something and you got, uh, I, I, I'd say, maybe feedback otherwise? And, and then how did you bounce back from that? Oh, absolutely. I, I can go back to my, uh, the, my first show. So Motown, like... You come in in Detroit, I felt like I was a big fish, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. I was at the top of my game at everything. Like, I was, I was doing everything I needed to do. And then I got to Broadway, and I was like, oh, I'm about to come here, and I'm about to, like, smash. And then you get in the room, and then there's these veterans who have been doing it 30-plus years, you know, 10-plus years, and you're dancing next and singing next to them. You're like, actually... I'm garbage. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, dang, like, what's that? happening? And so you yeah, kind of like self-check. It's like it's a reality check. Like, you thought you was good. Now you're standing next to people who have been doing this, who are Grammy nominated, who done won this, who done did this, who done sang background for Stevie Wonder, who done toured with Michael Jackson, who done did, you know, and you're like, I feel like I have no talent at all and you know I need to actually go back and do it and yes so so that those are the things that you know it actually you know your surroundings I feel like always you know pushes you to be better and so that's, that's yeah. my challenge and champion people to always be around somebody who can always uplift them and, and push them higher and so you know that's what they do that's what these people in this community that I work with and you know it's also given me the opportunity to reach out to like other avenues of entertainment. So I've met so many people because of it. Wait, so I have, I have, oh, I'm sorry. Um, I, have a, I have a funny question I wanna ask. Um, are there Broadway groupies? And if so, like, how does, how are they? Like, how is that? I was thinking that, I was about to. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I could, yeah, 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 I can only assume that they're well-read, very sophisticated. <laughs> yes. And unassuming. Yes. But here's the thing, they are- How do they slide into the DMs? Like, how do they go about being Broadway groupies? Oh, oh. man. Like, I have a, a, a variety of range from, <laughs> from, from little girls to old women to, 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 to every, like, every way, which is so do many. Tell. Yes. So, um, <laughs> they are Broadway groupies. Like, I had, I think the funniest one, and I tell this story, like, this, this lady, she comes out, I come out the stage door, and at this point, I know her by face because she had been to the show at least 12, 13 times. <laughs> Yo, that's a lot of friends. <laughs> Commitment. Commitment. Money. second row. That's $1,300. You know, those tickets are like $200, $300. So you're spending $200, $300 every time yeah. to, to, you know, to get in the same seat. And so I remember one time I came out the stage door and, you know, I know her. So we're, it's a familiarity, familiarity to her because I've seen her. 
And she was like, you know, you are good as always. And she, she was like, give me a hug. And I'm like, okay. So I gave her a hug. She was like, now I can go home and I can do it to my husband, pretend it's you. And like, oh, it's stuff like that I'm doing. <laughs> or like, um, like. Me too. Listen, it's just, it's, then they'll slide me a DM and they'll be like, you know, you are so great in your performance. I just want to know if I could take you out. Or this one lady, she came, she was like, you know, I don't want to seem weird, but I want to cook for you. And I want to, you know, I want you to invite you over to my house and just cook for you. Don't think I'm weird. Nah, that's, that's a date rape meal, dog. Don't that's do a it. sugar that's mama. A yeah, that's a sugar it. mama over there. Y'all yeah, yeah, would have been over there passed out. Bro, listen. <laughs> that's, a roofie sub. that's a roofie sub. Don't do it. It's crazy. It's, it's, I have all, like, they're all the best. And, the, you know, the, and then there's some people who just are just kind and just are fans of the show. And so because they love the show, they love you automatically. And so um, there have been, you know, people sending me, you know, like, stuff at the stage door. They'll see an interview I did. Be like, oh, I saw that you did this interview, and this was your favorite thing. And so I wanted to make sure you had it. So here's this. And so you're getting all kinds of things. And so, like... But like it's crazy, and so yes, they're Broadway groupies and they're Broadway <laughs> fanatics, and they're like people who just follow your career from day one. And I'm just like, wow, like it's crazy, but it's you know, and it's 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 all it's all the best and all the worst things at the same time. It's really crazy. Do Do you also make your own music? <clears throat> I do. You know, um, I am in the process now. Of this Corona, this Corona quarantine has got my like creative stuff going. So I've been writing. I've been like you know, trying to like just create content and like getting back into um, trying to like do the thing that I want to do that I've been putting off a hold because of, you know, my show schedule because I didn't have time, but now I have all the time in the world. So I have no excuse not to have something, you know. How, so do, uh, how, how do you feel about auto-tune? Because you're like, a, you're, you're a real singer. Yeah, I feel like you don't need auto-tune to, to do anything, just sing on pitch. And I feel like, but, but. I mean, auto-tune is, you can apply when it needs to be. I don't yeah. think it's mm-hmm. overdone. I think that some auto-tune um, makes a song, it, it heightens a song, but you know, you don't need it. You don't need it. Yeah. Just get back who to regular some, studio singing. <laughs> but who are some it. of your singing inspirations? Who are some of the people who are, who are you in your eyes, are phenomenal singers that you look at to, to get better or to maybe even take notes from? Mm-hmm. I love Tank. I love Usher. I love Brandy. I love um, um, Teddy Pendergrass, Luther Vandross, um, Stevie Wonder's ear and artistry is is I'm God sent. You know, he, I'm just gonna say he didn't name one singer that uses auto tune <laughs> at all, not one. <laughs> that's, 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 Y'all, that's, that's, that's I, I think the thing I grew I, up under, you know, those types. I was about to say he's from music. Motown. He is one of the, the the traditional singers that still can sing either modern or soul. That's why, like, yeah. that's why I encourage people to go see his show. I really did fall in love with him and the show. Uh, especially mm-hmm. during Motown, I was like, holy, and y'all know me, I love music, like music yeah. for me and, and seeing it, I was like, oh no, that's different. So for him, I'm not all that surprised that he he wants to do it a different way just because Pick of how he, yeah, he's coming from that, from music, that. Yo. Yeah. Now, now, now if, if, if you had to choose one, mm, that's would, you choose, would, would you choose Michael Jackson or Prince? Oh. Yo, why are you gonna do that? Why? Yeah, why? <laughs> hey, oh, like, I'm just curious. I'm curious too. Why you got racks of clothes behind you? Is that your backdrop? 
I stay fresh. I never know. <laughs> I, gotta, I, know I, don't, I never know why I gotta change. <laughs> I stay fresh. Yeah, I, would I, I, I would actually do my MJ, yo. I Thank you. MJ. I would do MJ. Cool. Well, see, now, now, what we gotta do to what well, is one better or, or worse, man? No, MJ, I just said which one he would roll with. No, nah, I know what you're doing, man. I know what y'all see, man. I, I, I'm just saying. <laughs> Y'all the only ones that pick Prince. Oh, Nas, Nas, yeah. Nas is the one that came with purple today, so he all, he all for the smoke. He feels the Listen, I listen. I enjoy. I love Michael Jackson, and I and I really do. I like Prince because he's creative and unique. Mm-hmm. He takes his mute and, and it's funky is the real word I want to describe, but Wilson doesn't like Prince. He, he thinks that Miguel can do Purple Rain better than Prince. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. If Miguel resung his catalog, it'd be late. No, Bro, you're That's all I'm saying. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> Yo, you, you, you may need to go get tested. You're not thinking straight. Some, something is not right up there. It, I think it, he called it, the swine flu. Yeah, yeah. Nah. You, got a, you got a whole other virus. You deal with. Yeah, bro. We was cool up until then. I like nah, that. Nah, 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 nah. Now, if I would have said, now, if I would have said the weekend singing Michael Jackson's catalog over, then I might have a problem. Mm. Problem with both. How about how about they not do any of that? No one, yeah, like no, Just leave it be. No, leave it, yeah. No. Like those those songs were made at the time, and that was right for that specific artist. And on top of that, Prince played the instruments in his music. It's just it's not it's just not it's not gonna be the same. I just, I just don't like his voice. You don't like MJ's voice? No, no, no. Prince. He doesn't no, like, like Prince. MJ. Prince's voice. Yeah, Prince's voice. I, I think Prince's voice is a quiet, acquired taste, and I think that's, but that's with any artist, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to have people who ain't going to like them, but you can't take away that, that, that catalog is, is lit, and, you know, promote <laughs> songs from, for everybody, you know? Yeah, no, I think the songs are well-written, well-produced, it's just his voice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right, look. We, we're, yeah, I didn't we're, mean to bring it listen, down. Yeah, we're, we're not, we're not, we're not bringing this back. This is crazy we, we have enough going on um juan thank you for coming on and joining us can you let everyone know where they can find you uh, obviously anything you have working on any any uh direct links directly to you so obviously they can come you know become more familiar with you of course i'm on all social media platforms except for facebook because facebook i feel like i need to keep some personal for myself so uh, mm-hmm. i won't <laughs> I ain't, I don't accept people I don't know, but other than that, I'm on Twitter, uh, all same, and Instagram, and uh, Snapchat, and uh, everything <laughs> that you can think of, all under the same name, Jawan Jackson. So it's easy. I feel like yes. you should get a Facebook page though, because the demo for Broadway also has older individuals, oh, and they all Facebook. use Facebook. Yeah, 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 I have a fan page. Oh, okay. Same thing, but just don't don't click on. The other one, because you're gonna be left in the inbox of friend requests. <laughs> <laughs> like, just like, <laughs> just just like it, just like it. Um. So yeah, thank you. Uh, hopefully, you could come by again when you're when in person. Oh, um, to come kick it. Always, you know how you know how we give it up. You you okay. can. So we we definitely appreciate you coming through. Um, to the fans, definitely be sure to keep an uh, eye on Juwan. He's always constantly working. Obviously, uh, subscribe. Be sure to hit the noti notification button. Let us know what you guys think about everything that we talked about today. Um, for me, I'm Brandon. I'm Killer BH Hall. Aaron Ashley Simon. I'm Regular Nas. I'm Wilson. 
And our and guest? Juwan Jackson. Yes. And before and before we get out of here, as always, uh, be sure to subscribe to the newsletter. Again, a lot of new creative events coming out now. <laughs> Not the, the normal things we're doing. We're trying to figure it out. But the newsletter will have a lot of new updates on stuff that we're working on, events, uh, maybe some special things with streams and things of that nature. So be sure to be subscribed to the newsletter. Very, very important. And with that said, we out. Bye. Peace. Peace. Peace.